Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah. Uh, Shreve Shah's done an incredible job getting these guys ready. Uh, we were young, and the, you know the experience has to come in game time. You know that's that's where you know in the past our true freshmen that's where they learn the most is is just game time experience, and this will be a learning experience for them. But uh, like I said, Coach Shaw's done a great job of getting them ready to play, and we're excited to see them you know under the lights. That's Morgan Scally. Defensive coordinator at the U and PK. The only question is, yeah, when they get that experience, how are they going to give it up? How many times do they have to be torched to get the experience? Or that one time they get beat, there's pressure on the quarterback or the ball's overthrown, so it doesn't really matter, and they can learn a more painless lesson. When they get that experience, how many times are they going to give it up? Is that what you said? No, not exactly. That's exactly what you said. Well, then you know what I meant. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. That's why I asked that. How many big plays are they going to give up as okay. they get that experience? Now I know. What you, you can mean. make a mistake, but if the quarterback overthrows everybody or throws it out, you know, it's down the sideline, he throws it out of bounds. All right, you can learn, and it's second and ten. Or you can learn after the seventy-five yard touchdown pass, and it's seven to nothing. Well, and yeah, th- but uh, you could be a senior and give up a 75-yard touchdown pass. No, you've learned in your experience. <laughs> by then, you're locking them down. By then, you're baiting that Washington quarterback to throw the ball to the sideline. It's a pick six. Seal the deal. And then you're baiting that Oregon quarterback and Texas quarterback to torch you. So, uh, you know, it just depends. I mean, that's just that uh, we always hear, particularly from Sharif, likes to say that uh, his boys, as he calls them, they need to have short memories. So, yeah. This is going to be a process, but I don't know that it was going to be anything different in, in terms of where you were going to get that development. It was only going to come out on the field. It can only come through with so much practice. Practice as a ceiling, and game time is where it matters. And sure, they'll get burned a time or two. I don't think that, you know, even if that 75-yard touchdown is complete, if you win the game, that's really all that matters. So I think that's what will happen on Saturday, and they'll get that experience. That's why, for me, I, I've been I've been saying this year counts certainly. Like we just said, Riley Jensen, COVID or not, you don't want to two and whatever how many games you're playing depends on what uh, division or what conference you're in. So for me, it's not a th- completely a throwaway season, but I think that they're really gearing up for next year. There's no reason why they don't go four and two minimum this year. But then next year they come back with a legitimate chance to really just compete nationally. Not just win the South, which they've already accomplished a couple times, but be back in the hunt in November again for the college football playoff. And I suspect that next year can bring that. University of Utah announcing head coach Kyle Whittingham has signed a contract extension that will run through the 2027 season. It adds four years to his current deal. Total value of the deal estimated to be worth upwards of, hold on, PK, hold on to something, estimated to be upwards of $40 million if he completes the entirety of the contract. Stunned silence after $40 million? Well, this is a man who has no financial worries. Right. When you have no financial worries, you know, another whatever million, great. 
but the bottom line is he's not worried about uh, the, the pandemic and what's going to happen, or he's not worried about a new owner comes into his company, what's going to happen. Uh, he's not worried about next month financially. So the money doesn't really get me involved because, I mean, he's got other things. I mean, I know of other stuff that he has investment-wise and other businesses that he's involved in. It's not about the money here for me because he's already got that incredible financial freedom. So $20 million, $40 million, really, uh, what's the difference? You can just have more security on top of the incredible security that you already have. It's a question of, is he going to be coaching at 67? Because, uh, you know, he has said that that's not something he wants. His father died at 64. In uh, a couple of weeks, he'll be 61 on the, uh, the same day that they play the uh, USC Trojans at Rice-Eccles. That'll be not the, his birthday the game. Note to it. Yeah, his birthday game. Yeah, I'm sure game. the announcers will, will talk about that. And so it's a fun little thing to bring up on his 61st birthday. But how long is he going to want to do this? That's the issue rather than the finances because the finances, he's already financially set. And just because he signs this doesn't mean that he's going to be coaching at 67, nor does it mean he's going to be retired at 67 for that matter. It doesn't mean it's going to be over at 67. There's anything uh, within those variables of that range that we could possibly see. Well, whatever whatever his plan is, and uh, he has alluded to that, that you know he's kind of got something mapped out, but... He gets to change his plan if he wants. So he can change, yeah. change his yeah. plan and make it earlier. He can change his plan and make it later. And I think we all exactly. remember Lavelle Edwards uh, at the end of his career signed a five-year deal and retired one year later. Uh, I think Lavelle had a plan too. So, <laughs> And he had a plan when he signed a five-year deal. And Kyle's quote was, this shows the support the university has for the program. You know, and obviously it's going to support the program in recruiting for people to know that he's signed through 2027. But like Lavelle, that doesn't mean he has to coach all those seasons. No, and I think exactly like Lavelle Edwards, in the short term, probably in the long term too for that matter, the program is going to mean something to him. So when he's done at 60-whatever, he's going to want to be at, to see it successful. I can tell you from firsthand experience, Lavelle uh, Lavelle Edwards was furious about what happened to the program in the, uh, what, just in the three or four years yeah, after four years. he was done. Well, I mean, that he was, was not he, something he wanted to see. He was furious in the second and third year. And yeah, not course, just about yeah. the wins and losses, because he still knew people who worked in the building. Here he was hearing about the stuff going sideways, and he knew because stuff was going sideways that even when they were losing in year two, he knew what that meant for year three, you know? And so... He knew it wasn't working. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah State. Yeah, it's tough. There's no doubt about it. But it is what it is, and we are where we are. And uh, we got to continue to fight and battle. We have to understand where we are and why we are where we are. And uh, not let any of those be excuses, but be opportunities to get better. And that's exactly where we sit. That's Gary Anderson talking about his 0-2 football team, an Aggie team that is not only 0-2, but they've been blown out twice uh, at Boise State and home to San Diego State. They are in Reno tonight to face the Nevada Wolf Pack. The Wolf Pack are 2-0, beat Wyoming in overtime, and then uh, beat UNLV pretty soundly in their second game. So they're playing another team from the top half of the league, maybe from the top third or quarter of the league. And PK, we've seen, I would say you could say we've seen one good quarter out of Utah State 
one quarter where Aggie fans are watching the game going, okay, this is what I want. And the other seven, really not so much. What quarter is that? Uh, the third quarter in Boise, they scored a couple touchdowns and started to get back in the game. Okay. Yeah. Too generous? You want to go 0 for 8? I do, yeah. Yeah, those are the only two options are 0 and 8 and 1 and 7. You're going to grade them out quarter by quarter. There is no 2 and 6 or 3 and 5. So they need something. Well, it is what it is, yeah. And it's a what? What did he say? It is we are where we are. And if it's meant to be, it'll be. Yeah, that's a little Florida Georgia line for you. Maybe just let it be. No, you went to Beatles there. Oh, uh, dang it. I went to Florida Georgia line. Uh, considering Florida Georgia is supposed to play, I went to Florida Georgia line. But uh, yeah, it's time to get going here, man. I don't want to hear Nevada's upper third of the league. Isn't it? You want to hear Utah State's upper third of the I league. I don't give a crap what Nevada is. That, that's just making excuses, Nevada. Come on, they're Nevada. And, and you're the Aggies, man. Get going already. Jeez, you looked awful. That's the bottom line. To quote Kyle, bottom friggin' line. I was wondering, uh, you know, okay, I finally figured out why you keep saying Nevada is good. Because you've been hammering that, and then I looked it up. Yeah, and I don't want to keep saying it because they beat San Jose State last year. Now it makes sense while you keep pumping them up. <laughs> I think they were, I think if you look, they were picked either first or second this year, too. They were friggin' seven and six last year. Yep. They lost to Ohio. Give me a break about how good they are. I was wondering, I just thought, I just thought to myself, I bet you they beat San Diego State last year. And sure as you know what, I just looked it up, just called it up on my phone, and I see that they won last year. That's why you've been pumping them up. They won 17 to 13. What the freaking do? Get out of town. Utah State's got to be better than the Nevada Wolfpack. They are 18-point underdogs to the Wolfpack. They got to be better than them. I stand by my statement. They could be 4,000 points underdog. They've got to be better than them. Nevada picked second in the Western Division this year. They got two first-place votes. San Diego State got the other 19. Uh, They're not going to be for the purposes of the title game, but that is how they did their preseason poll. Back in July, before everything changed, and then everything changed again, and then they had a new plan. All right, you'll hear the game here on 1280 The Zone. We'll have a regular programming on 97.5 The Zone. Scotty G will start at 4 o'clock with the pregame show. The game kicks off at 5 o'clock on Fox Sports 1. And today is his birthday, too. So this is all coming together for football fans of individual schools. Well, let's get Scotty G on the phone and wish him happy birthday. All oh, right, man. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. 117 left first half in the opener of this 2020 season. And the lights just went off here. This is fun. What year is this? 2020. What else should happen? The lights have just gone off here at Kelly Short Stadium. The scoreboards are still on, but the lights are off. Maction, baby! Central Michigan ended up beating Ohio 30-27. The league providing a lot of weeknight programming. Last night, all the teams playing. You watch any of the Maction PK or you skip it? Yak was no, watching. I watched, I watched uh, Ohio and uh, Central Michigan. I mean, Ohio beat Nevada, and we know how damn good Nevada is. So <laughs> Ohio beat them last year. So uh, what the hell? I thought I was watching Ohio State. <laughs> you were watching the Bobcats, not the Buckeyes. <laughs> Go Frank Solich. 
<laughs> I just wondered why you've been pumping up Nevada. Now I know. <laughs> They're picked second. Because <laughs> they beat your team last year. And they were 7-6, and six and they lost to Ohio in the Potato Bowl. Stick to 2020. They beat Wyoming, who was picked second over in the Mountain Division. <laughs> Third best team in the league. Polls are the... Uh, yeah, yeah. Did, uh, Not just polls. Go, this if we're going to go by polls, how did President Clinton do in her re-election bid? She lost. <laughs> Louisville has paused all football-related activities. The game with Virginia scheduled for Saturday has been moved back a week. They, uh, they both had buys coming up the next week. Uh, they got 15 members of the Cardinal program tested positive for COVID-19. Ten players, five members of the staff, seven more in quarantine. So they're going to wait a week play Virginia a week from Saturday. And Cal season opener against Washington is in jeopardy. The Golden Bears head coach Justin Wilcox said there was a significant number of players needing contract tracing after a player tested positive. So, is it feasible? Yes. Are there hurdles? Yes. So I guess we're just listing that game as a definite maybe right now. Boise State may have fans. They're trying to get 1,100 fans. That would include mostly family and players. They have approval. It will happen. Oh, it is in? Yeah. It's happened. And 500 Boise State students, they can let them in? There you go. So there will be a smattering of people for the BYU game. It won't all be piped-in noise. There'll be some real live noise. Yeah, I thought it was uh, 1,000 fans for the... uh thousand students, I should It's say. 500 students, and then the rest of it will be family and staff, et cetera. 1,100, roughly. So everybody everybody on the, gets a couple or two or four tickets, whatever it is. It's supposed to be 10 feet apart. Students can be in pairs. It's going to be very interesting. But they can't be impaired. No. Big Sky announced a six-game spring schedule for each of their schools, Weber State, Southern Utah. The league building two bye weeks, and so they're going to play six games in eight weeks. So they'll have a little wiggle room the way Louisville and Virginia have for uh, moving their game back a week. And the way Cal and Washington don't, hopefully they'll be able to kick that thing off. There's your college football, DJ and PK. That foul. Tom is my boy, one of the greatest leaders to be around. You know, he's encouraging, always inspiring. Uh, he brings out the best of the people around him. Uh, he wants the best for everyone around him. I mean, he's the greatest quarterback all time. Uh, none that I've done in the past matter. And uh, I just learned a lot from him. He's been a great guy in my corner and uh, one of my close, close friends. That's Antonio Brown. Obviously, Tom Brady has stuck up for him a couple times in New England and now in Tampa Bay. Will he be the missing piece of the puzzle for the six and two bucks? Yeah, I don't know if they need a missing piece. Uh, it might be good enough anyway. I think they could potentially be, yeah. I think for Antonio Brown, you know, there was video of him just going berserk and just doing things that you don't want to be doing as a human being. So I look at this as Tom Brady away from football. To me, this isn't a football issue. Uh, It's about a man in his life. with He's got kids and all that type of stuff. To me, that's far more important. And when he speaks of Tom Brady, I mean, Tom Brady's football accomplishments are stand on their own record and accord and we don't need to go over them because we already know them and they'll be there forever Uh, he can only add to them he certainly can't subtract no matter what he does and if brady is sticking up for this man and this man's got another opportunity to prove himself and get his life right that's what's most important here and i would love to see it Niners put four players on the uh, reserve COVID-19 list after wide receiver Kendrick Bourne tested positive for the virus. Starting left tackle Trent Williams, fellow receivers Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel are other players who will miss 
Tonight's game, it's the Thursday night game. It's the Packers and the Niners. Uh, They're expected to elevate three practice squad receivers. So adjust your fantasy teams accordingly. And for the Packers, uh, opportunity to pick up another win. We we were just talking about uh, can the Bucs get it done? And obviously Seattle is your Super Bowl pick, PK. But you got to throw the Packers right in the mix, too. Uh, as long as they win. I mean, they got beat the other night, the uh, other day, I should say. So, they, yeah, this should be an easy win for them under these circumstances, you would think. That would move them to 6-2 and two at midseason if they get yeah. the win. Right. If they get and the they win belong tonight. in that mix. Definitely. You know, assuming they go to 6-2, and two, if they lose this game. That's, that's a red a, that's flag. A big yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, but I'm not expecting that. And at 6-2 and two at the midway point, I would put them in the mix, yes. They are a seven-point favorite, although uh, I don't know that that – I assume that's adjusted and reflects all these uh, players who are going to be missing the game. Uh, Matthew Stafford on the reserve COVID-19 list for the second time this season after being considered a high-risk close contact of a non-team member who tested positive. So Stafford could still play Sunday against the Vikings if he registers five straight negative tests this week. So fantasy owners, keep your eye on that. He's a definite maybe. Uh, Houston Texans star J.J. Watt. Now, the Texans, it is not going well for the Texans at all. They've already had the coaching change, got a terrible record, and J.J. Watt, I'm not looking to rebuild. I'm looking to go after a championship, and that's what I want to do when asked about his future with the struggling franchise. So, how quickly can they rebuild, and how quickly can he hit free agency? Houston 1-6 right now. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. NBA's Board of Governors and the Players Association will hold separate meetings today and are expected to uh, have an agreement in place on starting the 2021 season on December 22nd, play a reduced 72-game schedule. They still plan on having the draft November 18th, and then free agents will have to follow that. Training camps open on December 1, and they play on December 22nd. Man, talk about your compressed time schedules, PK. The NBA, it's not back. But it's almost back. December 22nd, this is, that'll be, what, three days after the Pac- four days after the Pac-12 title game? Three days after the SEC title game? Straight right. into basketball. Ah, I want it. I want it back. I think they should come back. I think it's good for people's spirits. I think it's good for, obviously, the NBA and their ownerships. And money's real and it matters. So, and this is what they would, this is what they love to do, I assume. So... Why wouldn't you want to do it? And for those, oh, they didn't have enough time off or what have you. Well, we're going to be sitting on the couch eating ding-dongs? No. You're going to be playing ball. Even if you're not playing real games, you're going to be doing workouts and stuff, most likely. I mean, you can't really let yourself go that much anymore. It requires them to be at a top optimum shape. I mean, look at LeBron, what he was able to do. That one year he lost the weight, and he has been an incredible athlete. Just, I mean, a basketball player for sure, but I'm just talking about from the athletic standpoint, physical conditioning. He's been at the prime. He's been able to extend his career. So the point being that this is what these guys do. So you're already doing it. Why not do it in a formal setting? And this is, and your sport, don't don't ever take your sport for granted. You know, there was a lot of stuff going on uh, in the offseason and whatnot. And so get back to doing what you guys do. And bring us entertainment, because that's essentially what you are. And they love doing it, too. So to me, it's a win-win. 
And I think that's part of the reason they've been able to work it out. They're working out all the financial stuff because obviously there's huge economic losses here, but they're working out on, on some deal. They do an escrow deal and withhold a percentage of the player's salary, but they're looking to smoothen it out over a couple of years. Yeah. yeah. So it sounds like all that's figured out. They, you know, they let just enough of it go so that people know what's going on, but not enough of it so we're all like, oh, oh I don't want to hear about it. They've managed that PR angle pretty well. Yep, we're over here crossing T's, dotting I's, figuring stuff out. But don't worry. Don't worry your pretty little sportscaster noggin about that. Okay, I won't. But get everything lined up. And December 22nd, because uh, it's weird. You know, the body clock says there should have been a jazz game last night, right? They wouldn't have played on election night, so there would have been a, a you know probably a dozen NBA games on Monday and on Wednesday, if not more. And uh, should have been jazz games Monday and Wednesday. But I miss it. Yeah, yeah. I want them back. December 22nd, circle that. And, uh, and college football is going to take you right right up to that date. So it will fit quite well together. All right, DJ and PK, that is what is trending. You're up to speed. It's brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. We're talking BYU football with Brian Keel coming up at 830. Former Cougar linebacker, Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Jazz at 9 o'clock with all the news on the NBA restarting and... And no doubt his NFL takes on his beloved Kansas City Chiefs. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Who's the most famous listener of The Big Show? If you're famous, call in. Yeah! Line two, hello there. Who are you? Obi-Wan Kenobi. How are you? I'm all right. <laughs> Does Obi-Wan Kenobi say, I'm all right? Had one episode on television. Yeah. With the Beeper Brothers. Brothers. Uncle Donnie, they called me. Jeff. I got the state of Utah to grant me a gambling license to host legal poker tournament, and I made the news for that. Come on. Someone's got to be legitimate, don't they? Bob Redford, give us a call. I like Jeff, who was on the news once. That was <laughs> The Big Show. Weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Syringa Networks, home to Complete Business Telecom and IT Solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now. It's syringanetworks.net. Question of the morning. Does the NBA, starting a 72-game season on December 22nd, work for you? Ross says, I have something going that day. Can we push it back to the 23rd? No. <laughs> Thank you, Ross. James says, December 22nd, that's better than I expected. Well, it's what they've been saying now for a while. So it's what I anticipated once word came out that that's what they were going forward to. I guess he was uh, figuring uh, on that January stuff that got floated briefly. That's, I always thought that was too late. didn't make any sense. Why wouldn't you want to get ahead of it, make as much money as you can? Get a few more games in and cash in on that Christmas Day yeah, uh, I mean, They were saying TV it was a demand. massive uh, it was financial loss between uh, the uh, middle of December versus the middle of January, which only makes sense. Depending on what January date you, uh, you come back, whether you come back exactly on MLK Day or a little before, they were floating numbers uh, at least $500 million, maybe closer to a billion. 
Yeah, that's just too much money to put out and leave out there. Yeah, six hundred million uh, divided by thirty teams. That's twenty million per team. You know, that's, there's no need to waste that much money. Right. Uh, Rick's all about it. Sounds good. But Jeff says, what's the NBA? It's the National Basketball Association. <laughs> Thank you for taking him literally. Oh. Uh, there, there are people who are still still bitter and not going to follow the NBA. Bitter about what? Uh, my guess is Black Lives Matter on the court in Orlando and all the associated uh, interviews and uh, social media and whatever else that went with it. You know, I was thinking about that. You know, I view these guys as entertainment, and I view them as individually as entertainers, and the sport is entertainment. Sports, to me, uh, it's, even though it's, it is my passion, it's my livelihood, it is entertainment. And so I take it for what it's worth. And I was thinking about this. If they could have something to where they do it on their own, because you view, like, actors, say, movies as entertainment right and you go to the movies and they do their thing they don't preach to you about whatever cause is important to them at their job but then you hear them frequently when they're not on their job of doing what they do and you may not like it but you certainly have to defend their right to say and do what they do right and they, they have, this is our country based on that. So they do that. So in that sense, I get with why people would be turned off because these young men, and it's largely what they are, are working and then they're combining it with their messages that some may view as polarizing. And so I can see where that would be. Uh, a conflict for you. But if Donovan Mitchell wants to use his platform beyond the hours that he's working, which is the games, then go ahead. So why can't there be both? You know, he should be able to to appreciate and support and publicize whatever cause that he wants to be involved in. It's certainly his right. And it, whether I agree with it or not really doesn't matter. I mean, in the final analysis, I don't care what his politics are. It just makes no difference to me. I'm going to live my life the way I live it, and he's allowed to live his life the way he lives it. But that intersection there that you don't have, you go to a concert, and we've seen that. I've seen documentaries of uh, going to a concert, and they start to preach, and then people get upset. Some of them love it, depending on what the message is. You know, no, if it's a message who, you that right. you yourself believe, you're right. like, yeah, smart people. Whenever you identify someone as uh, that person's really smart, if you think back, you'll think whatever you were talking about with them, that was what you thought going into the conversation. So when they say what you think, you're like, oh, that guy's really smart. That that, that lady, she's got it figured out. She is on the ball. Right. Yeah. And they so so if some artist is up there preaching against what you believe, you're going to walk out and be furious. If he's what they rarely are going to support the conservative because artists tend to be more liberal and and then that's what they do there. They, they can be that way. Fine. They, more likely to be the Dixie Chicks than Ted Nugent. Like I said, we don't call them the Dixie Chicks anymore. They're just the chicks. chicks. You, need, you need to be up to date on that. Missed that by a month. Come on, <laughs> DJ. I know. 
Tabbit, sorry. <laughs> so uh, you can't call them that. So, yeah, they want to go in, in that way. And Lady Antebellum is not Lady Antebellum. They're Lady A and you know, all that stuff. And uh, fine. But when you get up there on stage, I didn't come to hear you preach. I came to hear your music. I, I came to hear you sing. <laughs> and, but in my mind, the second you're off stage, have at it. You got a cause, whatever that might be, and you want to be involved deeply or casually, it's up to you, and I support your right to do it. That's, uh, uh, I think that's a fine line for most people, and I can see why you say that. And if that works for you, then, you know, that works for you. So there's no, uh, sure. you know, it, whatever works for you works for you. You can't really debate that. I think it won't work for most people. I think that athletes, I think that athletes are getting into the category, and, well, all entertainers, because you're right. Uh, you know, somebody who's making music, doing concerts, uh, however you entertain, that the athletes and the musicians are getting into the same category as uh Hollywood, the media, politicians. Uh, to me, um, they're already there. Okay, right. And, and you can argue that, too, that easily. But I think that uh, as the athletes raise their, their voice in a way that we hadn't heard, uh, you know, a pick a time period, you know, 10 years before. Um, you know, if you go back, uh, you know, to previous generations, you can run into athletes like Muhammad Ali. And, uh, you know, obviously he was out there on the social issues of the time. But largely, you know, in the NBA, we hadn't heard that five years ago in the NBA or 10 years ago or whatever. Well, 2016. Let's call it for what it is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, you always say you have to, if you're really going to make a breakthrough, you know, when we're talking about the issue of race, but it could be whatever political or social issue, you know, you need to get somebody, know, know somebody one-on-one, have a real conversation with them, but you don't have real conversations with politicians, with celebrities, with the media, it always is going to feel like preaching because the most of the communication is going to flow one way. You know, now occasionally, you know, maybe somebody fires off an email or a social media post or gets to meet somebody in person, but the vast majority of the info, the ma- vast majority of the opinion is going to flow one way. And when it's only flowing one way, people are going to get frustrated. And that's when you're going to see, you know, so-and-so's uh, approval rating, whether it's the media or the politicians or as a group or an individual politician, you know, starts dropping like a rock. I think that one-way communication is just, it's always going to feel like preaching, and you don't usually want to be preached to. So Unless it's something you already believe, in which case you're like, course, yeah, tell me yeah, more. Right on, yeah, amen. Right. Hallelujah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you're saying that the one-way communication is coming from the players? Is that what... Is that it? And that's yeah, because if Donovan Mitchell says to... something on a Zoom session, because he's our guy, but you know it could be LeBron or whatever player in whatever other city. Yeah, the fans are hearing that, and they don't get the back and the forth. I think that's the key part. When you were telling us earlier, when this is you know what everybody was talking about in the middle of the summer, you're saying, well, get to know somebody one on one, because then you can say something, and they can say something, and you can kind of get to the point, and you can. They can, they can hear what some of your issues are, and you can hear what their issues are, and you can find those points in your life you've got in common. You probably have some stuff you don't have in common, but you probably have some stuff you do have in common. And there's a back and forth to that, and that leads to understanding, as opposed to one person on TV, whether it's a politician or an entertainer or an athlete or a, a TV host or anchor, and they're saying what they're saying, and there's no, there's no back and forth. You just, it feels like you're getting preached to. And if I've heard you say, nobody wants to be preached to once, I've heard it a million times. But guess what? It was true the first time you said it, and it's pretty true right now, too. 
So I think that when you're in that group, you know, and, and the problem is when you're a celebrity is that the celebrity, I mean, we're just, we're using Donovan because he's the jazz star player. Uh, but when you're the celebrity, you, you know, a million people know you, but you don't have time to know a million people. So I don't see how some famous actor or somebody in whatever band is going to have time to just have one of these uh 30-minute, three-hour, ongoing, years-long conversation that you have with your friend who is a different race who you golf with. You guys have probably, I mean, you'd have to tell me, I don't even know how long you've known the guy. Um, you know, how many times you golf together? How many times do you never talk about this stuff because you're just golfing? You know? But how many times does something come up and you do talk about it? You know? And so a celebrity isn't going to have that kind of time to invest. Your senator can't meet, you know, in case of Utah, with three point whatever, three point one whatever it is, million people. So it's always going to feel like the senator's preaching to you. The, the star athlete is always going to be preaching to you. Donovan, Donovan, and Senator uh, Senator Romney, and our new you know governor elect, like they're going to have office hours, like one of your ASU professors, <laughs> just sit down there and talk to you for thirty minutes, and their term is up. It's not going to happen. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I, and I always thought that the answer to this stuff is one-on-one relationships and getting to know people and uh, seeing where they're coming from, whatever that might be. It could be same race, different race. It doesn't really matter. Everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a background. Everyone's different. Find out what, uh, what they got going. And more often than not, for me, in my experience, is you'll end up having common ground, and you'll end up liking that person. And then you have that person into your home, and you go into that person's home. That's how you break down barriers. It's, it needs to be at the ground level. Really anything. Ground level is where it's at. That's why I get so jacked every year when we do the Salt Lake Community College thing because I come from a family of, of uh, my sister went to a community college, and it makes, it makes it ground level is making a difference, not putting a sign in your yard. That doesn't make a difference. That's, that's cosmetic. You're not really doing a whole lot there. You think you're doing it. And affluent liberals, I mean, they, that's, that's, what they, that's what they do. Uh, and some of them do more than that, but a lot of them, you know, it's cosmetic. I'm, I'm beyond the cosmetic. I want ground level. So I'm not going to be able to pick out your truck by seeing the flag on the truck or the bumper sticker? I'm not going to be able to see the sign in your yard and figure out, oh, there it is. Yeah, and, 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 and fine. If you want to do that, do that. But I want action. I want work. I want ground level stuff that produces results. That's that's why I get so pumped about community that Salt Lake Community College that we do because that is literally ground level. That is what I'm talking about. That is what changes lives, man. That's what gets people going and pointed in the right direction, which Donovan Mitchell has spoken about very much to his credit he's spoken about. So I don't think, man, when he talks about education and how important it is, who doesn't say, yeah, I support that 100%. You got a problem with that? <laughs> Come on. So it's not like uh, everything he's saying, he's saying is so freaking controversial. I can't believe he's doing this. No, not at all. He's doing a lot of good in that way and bringing awareness to ground-level change that makes differences in people's lives. That's where I'm at. And that's how you can get to know somebody and find out, man, whether it's through work or, you know, work. It's, maybe it's harder to do in Utah. It was much easier for me to do in, in uh, New Jersey and California. Not so much Phoenix, uh, but in New Jersey and California, uh, I was involved with uh, people from a lot of different backgrounds. Phoenix? 
not so much. <laughs> it just uh, wasn't it wasn't the case there during my time uh, there. It just didn't seem. Oh, when I went to ASU, it was a little different. But in high school, my gosh, no. I mean, all of us looked exactly the same, basically. Uh, and that, to me, that was a little bit of a cultural shock coming from New Jersey and my father coming from East Orange, where if you go look up at, that's connected to the Newark area, which is heavily, heavily uh, different than. Uh, than me and so that gives you opportunities and then you get to you get to know people man and then you, you listen to their stories and you more often than not at least in my case you have empathy for them and you grow up with an understanding of of the difficulties of of things out there and and now with my buddy that you speak of we sort of laugh about it and about things that i'm able to do and things that uh you, that he just can't do <laughs> because uh He's, he's cast in a different light, and those are the facts. But as far as that goes, you know, just listen to the messages and uh, see if you can learn something. But I get that people get turned off on the lecturing. Yeah, yeah, obviously. But I think it's uh, nobody, it's, it's what you said about really wants that. It said it's uh, what you said about doing the work. You know, the the slogans and the words. I think they're going to be more divisive than they are uniting. But when you're doing the work, and if it's uh, you know college scholarships to send kids to school, uh, you know when we go to that golf tournament for Salt Lake Community for Salt Lake Community College. Um, and, and we broadcast live there every year. You look at all the people there. There's no way all of those people um, vote, for the, vote for the same candidate. There's no way all those people go to the same church. There's no way that all those people fill in the blank for whatever. You know? But it doesn't matter then because they're doing the work. You know, they could go to the words and they could go to all these divisive things. They probably got them in their life. They're different than all the other people who are milling around for, you know, on whatever issue for whatever reason. But when they're doing the work, it's a total feel good. It's part of the reason we like going there. You can feel it when you're there. Everybody's in a good mood. They're getting ready to golf. It's for a good cause. They're not in the office that day on a summer day, right? It's a real cause. Yes, it is. And it's, it's going to change people's lives, you know? That's why I hate politics, because a lot of it is just a bunch of blah, blah, blah. I want change for people. You know, for me, my personal beliefs are simply they boil down to BBQ, beer, and freedom. That's what I'm about. Nice. <laughs> Did you see that yesterday? That's your, that's your friend in, uh, I think he was in Vegas. Clark Kansas. Yeah, in Vegas? Yeah, yeah the Clark yeah, Kansas. Kurt, Vegas. Kurt, Kurt, he looked a little office. worked up. <laughs> a little? <laughs> looked a little worked up. Uh, BBQ, they the t-shirt. I was, he's screaming. This <laughs> is me. I was, uh, someone. He, when you're in the media, you know, everything's a story, and the story doesn't really stop. You know, it, it keeps going on. And I'm curious with that guy today, you know, what is his normal day-to-day like? How far, if, uh, you know, if, if like normal is zero, and then you got the, uh, you know, in the, it's, uh, you probably remember your old broadcasting classes, right? And the meter pegs, it used to be an arm, but now it's digital and all the lights light up, right? Like, how far was he, was he redlining? Was that only like 10% more than what he is normally? Or is that like triple what he is normally? Is that... <laughs> Is that dude going to meet a friend for lunch today? He's like, wow, you completely lost it. You've gone global, dude. That is as viral well, yeah, as viral just, gets. Or is it going to be like people are looking at him going like, well, yeah, no wonder. That's just Tuesday morning for that guy. You know, you know, with Christmas coming up, someone's going to market T-shirts that said BBQ, beer and freedom. <laughs>
And I want one. (laughs) (laughs) There's a website right now, people. Go find it. All right, DJ and PK, coming up, we're talking uh, NFL with Craig Bowlerjack at 9 o'clock. The TV voice of the Utah Jazz will be here to talk about uh, the draft and uh, the NBA getting going again, but you know he's going to talk about his Chiefs. There's no way around that. Brian Kill, the former BYU linebacker at 8.30. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. The play-by-play voice of BYU, Greg Rubel. Boise State announced pending permission from local health authorities. They're going to allow a number of students to come in and be a part of that game. Your thoughts on on kind of that announcement? I'm in favor of environment over no environment, right? I love the ambience of college football, and any crowd noise is good noise as far as a radio broadcaster is concerned. I guess I would just say if you know student-athletes, parents, or family members are, are going to be allowed in the building, well, that's great. It'd be nice if the same courtesy is extended to BYU if they have people that want to attend. It'd be kind of weird to have a game of this magnitude played in a truly empty building. And so while it might benefit Boise to an extent, I think even the Cougars would welcome a little bit of buzz, a little bit of juice in the building on Friday night. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Multiple questions up on our Facebook page. Multiple stories. Uh, one of them, Kyle Winningham has a four-year contract extension through 2027. Are Ute fans rejoicing? Daniel says he absolutely deserves it. But James says Winningham's never going to win a Pac-12 title. He does hit the ceiling with him. That got a laughing emoji. Ryan is laughing at James. Pretty good ceiling. <laughs> right. Uh, remember when, uh, when Majerus left and it was, uh, hey, the Utes are going to be just fine. Look at their history. And it hasn't worked out that way. No. We're going to guarantee no. that this is going to happen after Kyle? I mean, it could. They could keep it rolling. Or. Yeah, there's no guarantees in anything. Right. It could be really different. Well, one of the things I can guarantee, when you go through a carousel of coaches, you're going to suck. I can guarantee that. You know, there's very few programs that are going to go through, particularly when they're fired. Now, you look at Boise State. Their coaches that have left, uh, they've moved on to higher-paying jobs, most likely, and, you know, a step up the ladder as we perceive it, right? Uh, going back to, uh, uh, was it Nutt? Went from, did he go from Boise to Arkansas? Is that what it was? Yes. Cutter from Boise to ASU. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peterson, uh, Boise to Washington. And now Harson's in there. And I thought it was great. Uh, Harson is a great hire because not only has he won a lot, but he's one of their own. You know, he played there, so he has a history. So... You know, if somebody comes calling, that's going to offer him $10 million, and that's where we're headed with this, and you can't compete with that, so be it. Well, that's you know, a Chris Peterson story. Uh, an alumni of there doesn't mean you're going to stay there forever. I mean, obviously, Matt Wells didn't do that. Right, uh, but, but but the thing so is the that— the point being, they hired one of their own. The, at Boise State, the first three coaches— took off pretty quickly, right? Arkansas, Colorado, ASU came calling, and they all jumped. Peterson left, but when he finally left, he left for big money, a sweetheart deal. 
it, it felt like a place he targeted in the Northwest. I mean, there was always kind of, you know, what if Oregon or Washington came calling? And Washington did. I, I view Peterson leaving as different than the other three. They got a really good run out of Peterson. The other well, guys, also, it was kind of two or three yeah, years. Yeah, at that time, the other, and also when he left, that was the division between the Power Five and the Group of Five. That was literally right at that time mm-hmm. when he left to, to do that. So uh, there was other things there, too. He knew what was happening. And sure enough, there's been a massive divide there. Uh, but those guys are all leaving for because of success, not because of failure. And if you leave because of failure and you get in that merry-go-round of just going through coaches like Arizona, like Arizona State, like UC Los Angeles, blah, 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 what's going to happen? You're going to be mediocre, mediocre. Occasionally you can catch a little lightning in a bottle. And that's good, but you ought to be able to do that occasionally. It's about sustaining. And what do you've got year after year? You know, what is your high year? What is your down year? And so uh, those guys, they had all of those programs that I just mentioned, and, and throw Colorado in there too, they've had a high year, but then they don't sustain it. And then maybe five, six years later, they do it again, and then they don't sustain it. And then not only that, is when you have that high year, then you throw a bunch of security at the guy, and then you end up having to pay him off. <laughs> Millions. McIntyre and a Graham, they got $10 million not to coach. Can you believe that? That is just so outrageous. What business would allow that where you uh, waste $10 million on somebody just to get them out of there? Oh my gosh, you'd be fired in a second. I was going to do these it. ADs keep these jobs. I don't understand it. <laughs> I was going to do it the other way. Forget that. Let's have a list of all our listeners who, if you were offered ten million dollars and told to get out, you wouldn't take that satchel of ten million. Yak is already headed for the door. Like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll quit on you guys for ten million. <laughs> it's been great, boys. <laughs> See ya. How crazy is that? So that's what Utah has had. That's why I said that uh, the consistency of their program has been, to a large degree, a reason for their success. And that's why I said that Kalani, this can be viewed as a make-or-break game. And you scoffed at that, but yet at the same time, you pointed to how Kyle survived the two five and seven seasons because he had an undefeated season in 2008. Well, that's why if Kalani can have an undefeated season this year of 10 and 0, that's going to build him some slack should the program stumble. And if he doesn't have that, and then he follows it up with two five and seven seasons, he's gone. But Kyle wasn't gone because he had that 2008 season. And obviously, in retrospect, not having him be gone worked. And it was the right thing to do. And so here we are just, what, five years removed from back-to-back losing seasons. But he had that 2008 season in the bank, so he's able to withstand it. And for them, it was a little different, too, because they were changing leagues and there was a step up in the league. And no matter how tough guy Kyle is and show no weakness, but I love the questions. Do you expect to do anything different? No. Whatever happens after the question, once you use the words different, he's answering no. Because you never show any form of weakness ever at any time. That's who he is. And so he's not going to acknowledge that. But he's able to be there. And now, at 61, he's getting the extension until he's 67. 
and he's going to go down as the most successful coach in Utah football history at the time of his retirement. Utah, uh, he's defensive coordinator, and Urban Meyer's the coach, and they go to Colorado State. And Sonny Lubick is still there. Now, it's kind of the end of the Sonny Lubick era, but we didn't really know it at the time. It was still a big game. And if, you know, if Lubick had won it, maybe that would have slowed the decline or changed it or whatever. But the Utes, uh, Colorado, it was tied, and Colorado State was driving for a field goal at the end of the game. And they had a fumble, and the ball popped in the air, and the Ute grabbed it. I forget the name of the defensive back, and he ran like— Arnold Parker? Arnold Parker, yeah. He ran 70 yards for a touchdown to win the game with like a minute to go. It was right at the end of the game. And so it's a wild yeah, celebration. They they uh, as they leave the sideline and go shake hands a minute later when they you know the clocks run out and they've won the game. I think it was twenty eight twenty one or whatever. And Kyle was coming on our show every week at that point as the defensive coordinator. And as he was going out there, they um, they hit him with the the ice bucket right. He gets the Gatorade bath at the end. And it was one of those games that started late in the afternoon but ended early in the evening. So it's like eight o'clock late in the season in Fort Collins and the temperatures dropping and it is cold right. And he gets soaked and he's got this determined linebacker. Or march and he doesn't he doesn't jump he doesn't skip a step he doesn't hurry up and run with the oh my you know and arch the back like ah, I'm surprised but it was just like this march and it was almost like it didn't happen you know and it, it cracked me up watching it on TV so we had him on I asked him about that Kyle you didn't even break stride you didn't hop in the air and all he said PK was never show weakness DJ never show weakness <laughs> <laughs> that's his mantra. He was living it before that. He's been living it since. But that was the one time he announced it on the air. Never show weakness. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I will say this about the Kalani and the make or break. To make, he can't just win the Boise game. He's Then he's got to win the San Diego State game, and he's got to win the big-time bowl game because Kyle pulled all of those things off. It wasn't just beating Alabama, right? It was also making sure you win the rivalry game in a year that BYU was really good. I think BYU came in with one loss into the rivalry game, and, and Utah was undefeated. And they had to... Uh, they had to pull out a crazy win against Oregon State and TCU. You know, any one of those, you know, they were, you had to have them all to make it. You can't just have one. Right. But if he beats Boise and then loses a close game to San Diego State, he's going to take way less grief. Whereas if he loses to Boise and loses a close game to San Diego State, his season's going to be viewed as 0 2. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 the zone.